This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I'm Jay King from The Athletic. He is Brian B. Rob from Mass Live, and we are still potable coming to you. After the Celtics pounded the Magic 114 to 97, overcoming a slow start to close out a really impressive homestand and a back to back sweep of a team that really gave the Celtics a lot of troubles in the recent past. And Jay, this is the free edition of Still Potable. It's brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the exclusive wagering partner of CONS Media Network, as well as. Factor Meals are two sponsors of this show. And the video version of Still Potable can be found on the CLNS YouTube channel. You can subscribe on there, turn on your notifications, so you can be alerted every time that we go live for this show. And you can get the audio version of this show wherever you get your podcast. And Jay, where can you get Still Potable every day, Monday through Friday? As B-Rob said, this is a free edition of the show, which will come to you every Monday. We have four paid, paid episodes. There are two different ways you can subscribe you can become a legend no a kid <laughs> three different ways you can subscribe i'm sorry you can become a kid which is two episodes a week on top of the free episode you can become a god which is four episodes a week on top of the free episode or you can become a legend which is every episode plus you get the ability to come live in the recording booth ask us questions live if you want talk give us your opinions live if you want so Subscribe if you want. Anyone listening to this on CLNS, anywhere else, feel free to subscribe at patreon.com slash stillpotable. B-Rob, it was another impressive performance by the Celtics to the point where they were tooting their own horn after this one. Jason Tatum called it a really impressive week. Joe Mazzula said, looks like we're playing Celtic basketball out there, which is really, really, really uh sign of his happiness after the way the Celtics handled business at home in these five games. I just thought it was another window into the mentality of this team. They took away the magics. Like they really went at the magic the other night and it would have been easy to say, we've sent the message. They know we weren't playing around the other day today. Magic come out really well. Paulo Boncaro was amazing in the first quarter. Orlando goes up 10. And Boston just never wavered and came back. And I thought as much as the message was sent the other night, it was sent again um, by them saying, like, basically, yeah, we're not just going to do it once. We're going to do it again, and we're going to be tough, and we're going to be physical, and we're going to be the more competitive team. And I just thought tonight was – or this afternoon, I guess, was just a – a really impressive performance by the Celtics against a, a gay magic team that really came out well. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is for as impressive as Friday night was to your point, like you said, so for them to come back and pretty much just do it again against a, an Orlando team that had a chip on their shoulder that played well in spurts of this game was huge. And I think, I mean, the story of the game is leaving I mean, the Celtics is playing well, but, but Jalen Brown to me, this entire homestand has been phenomenal, but the way he came out today, um, 
I thought. I mean, the 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 shooting numbers speak for themselves. But to me, Jay, it's the decision making from earlier in the game, like the kickouts, the rim reads are just getting better and better um, to the point where he's turning down layups that you could say, oh, maybe you should do that. But he's he's going for the wide open three. Like the one he gave up to find out Horford on the opposite corner. It's wild. I was like, why is why is Jalen being like Rondo? Why, why is he passing <laughs> Wait, up a layup lay And then he found Horford on the opposite wing for a wide open three. And it's like, wow, Jalen Brown is is evolving. Exactly. So it's like plays like that, because we've we've seen Jalen go off like I mean, the game against the Wizards is you know earlier in the season where he went off or whatever, like almost 50 in that game. Wait, we know we can do that you know, any given game, but to combine that with the playmaking that he's shown, the progression he's shown, just like the solid reads and the defense, which he's been, you know, trying to build a, a campaign on for all defensive team. And, you know, when the Celtics are putting together performances like this, that he's been a pretty key part of on the defensive end for, you know, three, four straight nights. Now that speaks volumes in terms of like this, is this, I don't know, like I thought it was maybe one of the best weeks of his career. Jay, is that, is that, wait, where are you on that? Probably not too far off. And it, it's just, he, he might have had better weeks, but he's doing it differently now. And right. I think he's doing it differently in ways that are just super important to the Celtics team. Jason Tatum picked up his third foul with 8.07 left in the second quarter. Did not play the rest of the second quarter. And Jalen just took over. And he didn't take over, like you said, with tough shot making. He didn't take over by, you know, just getting hot. It, there was nothing unsustainable about it. It was just like Jalen dissected them. And... I looked up at one point in the first half and he had nine points, four assists and three rebounds. I was like, when's the last time I looked up and it's basically halftime. He hasn't even scored in double figures and he had really controlled the whole game. Like how often have you been able to say that in his career where he's been able to control the game without scoring? And it's not often like that just hasn't been his game in the past. But more and more, you're seeing him become comfortable in that role. And tonight, you know, it was a three-point game when Tatum got his third foul early in the second quarter. And Jalen stepped up. I thought Drew Holiday's defense on Paulo Boncaro to kind of take away some of his fire was really impressive. And it was like they didn't miss a beat when Tatum subbed out, which – has been very rare, but is also indicative of the way things are have gone this season. With with Jalen Brown on the court and Jason Tatum off it, the Celtics have actually been really good. And that that seems like one of the biggest trends so far for this season is that Jalen is kind of stepping up in a new role. And to your point on just Jalen doing it all like in the fourth quarter too, on top of you know them turning the game around the second quarter, I believe he scored or assisted the first 20 points of the fourth quarter for the Celtics there. So that's, again, that's a time where it's usually Tatum takes control of the game. Jalen Tyrese Halliburton. Right. Exactly. Like what, who is this guy? Like this is, and, and he was kind of, again, there were transition threes there. You know, he got hot as hell. He should finished five of eight from beyond the arc, but a lot of it too was being like dissecting and being like, okay, let's run the pick and roll here. I'm going to get Cole Anthony on me. I'm going to back him down. I'm going to take shots that he has no chance of walking in from mid range here. And when you combine that level of shot making from him um, with the willingness to set up others, it just, again, brings this team to a whole different level right now. And that's why we saw a five and oh, homestand right now against five solid playoff teams. Yeah. The, 
the defense, like Boncaro hit some tough shots early. Um, they were clearly giving him the three-pointer. He's a super physical driver. He's like 6'10", 250, and can run offense, which is kind of insane when he develops. I think he's going to be a real, real problem. The monster. Yeah. And uh, so when he was hitting threes, I think they kind of had to adjust. They were laying off him early. Um, and then they got more aggressive on him. And I thought when they got more aggressive on him, he still scored a little while for a little while longer. He still ended up with 30 something, but they were able to take away his comfort. They were able to start turning the magic over. They were able to get out in transition. I thought Peyton Pritchard, even though he didn't have a huge stat line at all, I thought he really came in and helped change the game. He came in and he stole the ball from Wagner with like a really gritty play in the paint. Um, he had a couple offensive rebounds. He had one play where he didn't even make the layup, I think, but he just tried to bully Cole Anthony. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, that one. Pay Peyton's really enjoying this fight tonight. And I thought he helped bring them some of the energy. And then Jalen just took control. And and Jalen, like we've seen this for all season, pretty much. I think the process has been there for him. Right. But now you can see the game starting to slow down and that the opportunities that he recognized earlier in the season, he's taking advantage of them now. And I think it's just it's kind of been crazy to watch him go from basically a guy who was like score first, score only on offense at times in the past to now you can just see him thinking the game. You can see how he's processing things differently. I I think like I, even when we, what was it like two weeks ago when we did the grades of the first quarter of the season? And I think I gave Jalen a, like whatever the top grade was for, <laughs> for offense, because you could see he's bought into it. And even though the percentages were down, it was like, he's trying to do the right things. And eventually it's going to work, and now it's working, and it's working, and it's transforming the Celtics. Yeah, you've been on that all year, to your credit. Like it's like it was, and it looks it looked clunky at first. Like there are certain sort of games where just like oof, but his head was in the right place. And when you when he talked about it himself, he was really you know pleased with it. And it kind of just speaks to what he is has been in his career to this point. Like he always year after year comes back better in some way or form. Um, and that's, you know, tough to do for an all-star in year, you know, six or seven here, but he's doing it again. Now he's doing it on a team where it's easier for him to do it now because opposing defenses have so many guys to worry about now. And with the, especially with the emergence of Derek white. And I don't, I mean, to me, Jay, like him doing, it's one thing for him to do this for him to do this against an elite defensive team. Like the magic is like, that's what sticks out to me here of like, okay, this is, uh, this deserves some extra note. Yeah, let, let's let's stop here for a note from our sponsors. All right, let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Score early this NFL season of FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about fan, joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options you can do spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts 21 and present. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. 
First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Played smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. So obviously this, the Magic gave the Celtics a lot of trouble recently. And I think that was one of the big parts of this two-game set was the other night. You know, their Celtics, no Porzingis, no Al Horford. No Luke Cornett, basically no big men at all. They start Lamar Stevens. They're on the second night of a back-to-back. They get a win anyway. Then they come back two days later. It was a third game in four days. It's a 3 p.m. tip. So that's a lot of basketball, a lot of miles on the legs. Porzingis comes back. They start pretty sluggish early. And and they kind of needed to like snap themselves out of it. And I thought they did that in both halves. Like third quarter, they were a little slow, a little sluggish, a little lethargic, and they just snapped themselves out of it. And that ability to take on the challenge of just kind of denying a Magic team just because they've been annoying to them in the recent past, just because it was time to send them a message, um, but also to to be able to like quickly get back to themselves when they didn't have it. Um and Jason Tatum said, he's like, last year, I don't think we would have won these four games in a row, meaning the two Cavs games and the two Magic games. And I tend to agree. Last year's team was a little more um, laid back. And and it doesn't feel like this team is at all. And it feels like they're really holding themselves to a high standard every day. And it's shown up in the perfect home record. It's shown up in just really minimizing the bad spells here. And Chris Porzingis brought up tonight um, how when they went on the road before this homestand, like he didn't think they played great basketball. And he said they met and kind of looked at the offense, reexamined some things. And even though things didn't get bad, like they fixed it. And last year, it felt like things had to get really bad before the Celtics. Yeah, before anything. And now it's just like prompt. And it does feel like there's a new energy, maybe a new competitiveness to this team that that wasn't always apparent last year. Yeah, and uh, you brought up too already with like when Pritchard came in, all that kind of changed the game. I feel like, especially at home this season and during this stretch, like the bench has been so good, particularly Pritchard and Hauser and Al Horford. Like, Every time they come in, if the starters are struggling, which they were to begin the game shooting wise, and then again in the third quarter, they kind of gave back some of that lead. Um, and we know how good that steering group has been all year. But if, when there's any drop off there, the tide kind of turns and the intensity level ratchets it up when Pritchard and Horford comes in, whether it's you know them grinding for rebounds or just making the right process offensively. So I think, yeah, part of that is the urgency in my mind of like the team this year versus last. I think part of a guy like, knowing their roles perfectly and fitting them perfectly to what the team needs and just the type of players they have coming off there. But it is like right now, Jay, like, can you, like, I can't think of the last on this homestand, like who's had like a bad game, like off the bench, like everyone kind of just does their thing. Either plays to their level or above it on certain nights, like, you know, Pritchard did on Friday night, but either way, it's like, it's kicking the craps out of other teams, second unit and really, you know, turning what is, uh, you know, a real, already a great team to 
an unbeatable team at home right now for the Celtics. Hauser had a fun inside the arc game. He had he had <laughs> one floaters, floater, right? which I believe Corrales tweeted was the fifth floater of his entire career. <laughs> and then he I had like I, I don't want to call the other one a floater. I think it was more a layup, but he had like it was awesome deceleration to just sort of get away from whoever the defender was. I think it was Mo Wagner. It might have been somebody else though. And just had great deceleration to create separation. You don't see a ton of two-point opportunities for Sam Hauser, but tonight was one of those nights. And I agree, the the bench has just kind of done its job. And for Hauser, that's shooting. He's been one of the best three-point shooters in the entire NBA this year. For Pritchard, sometimes that's just setting up the offense. Sometimes it's being a pest defensively. Sometimes it's grabbing offensive rebounds. Um, O'Shea Brissett and Lamar Stevens the other night came in and hadn't gotten chances in weeks. And we're both ready to to make an impact with their energy and their defense. And I mean, Cornette for most of the season, Keda tonight and and the other night, like everyone's just chipping in, like you said. And I think some people thought that would be a weakness of this Celtics team, but it just hasn't been at all. And and when they're relatively healthy. And it's Al Horford and Peyton Pritchard and Sam Hauser coming off the bench. And now Jalen Brown playing with them. That group sort of has an identity and they play a little faster. Um, They have shooting threats everywhere. And right now Jalen's reading the game at a high level and just kind of helping make the game easy for those guys. So that that stretch when Tatum went out and it was a three-point game, next thing you know it, they're up 15. And it could have been a, a dangerous time for the Celtics. Instead, they just put the magic away. And and Orlando came back a little bit in the third quarter. But again, the Celtics just responded. And these four games against Cleveland, two against Cleveland, two against Orlando, like those are tough games, really tough games. And it's tough to beat a team twice in a row. And to handle them the way that the Celtics did and to just basically control the entire, like, how much trouble did they really face during these four games? It was like they controlled every game for the most part, except like part of one Cleveland game. Right. I think I want to say, for the show, Ryan Brandoni tweeted out they, in the entire homestand, I think five games, they only trailed in the fourth quarter in two minutes of that entire, whatever, like 60 minutes of fourth quarter action over this one, which is nuts yeah. when you consider the competition there. To your point, it's just like either. They got a challenge like once, you know, in that Cleveland game where they had to close things out, but everything else was just like business was taken care of or them pulling away late. Yeah, and and that's the the mentality Joe keeps talking about is like just be solid, just be competitive, just be tough all the time. And and you you could just tell he's he's really happy about the way things are trending right now. Um like that that was Maybe the happiest we've seen Joe Missoula for him to say, like, we're just we're really playing, starting to play Celtic basketball. Felt like that was a just a sign of of how pleased right now he is with the Celtics. And went back and looked at what he said on Media Day um, when he was trying to set the tone for the Celtic season. He said, I want us to be the toughest team. I want us to be the most physical team. And I want us to be the most open minded team. And. Open-mindedness, I think that was answered very quickly. Like, 
everybody was like, I'll come off the bench. Even Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were like, I'll come off the bench if you want me to. <laughs> like, shut up, guys. You're not coming off the bench. Um, but they all kind of embraced the idea that it could be anybody's name on a given night that had to come off the bench. And it's been Al every time. It hasn't been a, a changing thing. But they were all cool with it. And I think you look at the way that like the stats, of every, everybody's usage rate basically is down, except I think Derek White. Um, Jalen Brown, he's scoring like five or six fewer points a game. And these guys don't care. And so the open-mindedness, I think that was answered very quickly. The physical toughness part, they've always been a very good defense. I thought last year their toughness lacked. And and toughness in like they it took them a while to respond to challenges. They they lost one at home to Miami and didn't just come out and kick kick ass the next day. Um they like there was just so many moments last year where you're like, why is this team take so long to stand up and answer this bell and they haven't taken that time now and so i think this team is kind of becoming what joe wanted from the start and the vision that he set out for them um and i think that's why he's so happy is because they are taking on the form they are becoming that tough together team that that he really wanted to to build from, from the start of the year. And and they're growing at those things instead of taking steps back. And it's still early. There's plenty of time to have lulls. And, and he said tonight, he's like, we will have times when we, when we aren't that um, and we get away from that, but it just feels like there's an edge to this team that that's really impressive. And there's enough talent on this team where it's like, if certain guys go through those lulls, there's enough other talent here to pick it up at this point. It feels like when guys have tough stretches, like when Tatum had a tough week or so of turnovers, like other guys stepped it up. And when Jalen Brown had a slow start, there was enough, you know, firepower elsewhere. Now, now those guys, when they both have it going and everyone else has it going, that's when you're getting these 20 point blowouts against good motivated teams like the magic on a night like this. And, and just going further on the bench, I mean, the, Al Horford, when you're talking about the open-mindedness, you know, he's the guy who obviously is coming off the bench here, but Bench Al has, not that it was any surprise that he's been a revelation, but like the fact that, especially on nights like tonight where it's like all he has to worry about is just defense, rebounding, and like hitting open threes. And for him just to doing that 20, 25 minutes per game, it's like, it's such a luxury for this team. And he's not going to ever get, he's probably not going to play enough to get like six man of the year, like type accolades given because he's not going to put up those type of numbers, but the his value on nights like this against bigger guys um i think is can be still be undervalued for this team at points yeah and now i mean i think drew holiday called him mr reliable that that just kind of says it and it's they've really done a good job of building a supporting cast with guys who are just willing to be role players and like just make the right play all the time like around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think it's important that you have guys who are committed to doing all the small stuff, even when they don't get a ton of shots. And, you know, Derek White's forever making the right play. Al Horford forever making the right play. Drew Holiday can get a little crazy with his decision-making, but also plays so hard and competes so hard. And like the other guys, does not care when the ball doesn't come his way for a little while. Um, so I think it's just a really well-assembled supporting cast around 
Tatum, Brown, Chris Porzingis, of of guys that just high level defenders who who don't always need the basketball and don't care when they don't have it. Um, the the third quarter, fourth quarter, like it all started with Jalen, and there was a moment Jalen hit a second pull up three because he had hit a pull up three a little earlier, and he turned around saluted the crowd and it was funny to me because everybody out like all first drew holiday like came over and gave him an elaborate handshake and then all the other guys in the game sat down on the bench so that they could listen to joe Missoula or whatever and jalen i don't know whether he was so locked in so focused like so amped up he stood the whole time like he did not take a seat he didn't sit down once and i just thought it was kind of a sign of of the attitude that he brought to those two games against Orlando. It felt like he of all players was really setting the tone. Like, like these guys cannot be, a, they can't be comfortable against us. And, and I thought he really approached these two games. Like he wanted to just kick their ass. Like they have against Boston, uh, like four times they beat them four times in a row and that's tough to do against the celtics and for a young team a, a team that could be the, the magic i mean a team that can be annoying when they beat you they're gonna rub it in they're gonna flex they're gonna do all that stuff i think it was important for the celtics just gotta be like yeah guys like great you're you're piling up wins you're doing your thing you're tough you're competitive all of that but like sit your ass down <laughs> this is a this is a real team an established team over here and there's a difference uh so i i thought that was very important from the Celtics, and i thought jalen sensed that it was important to just kind of get back to normal against orlando and show them that it's not going to be easy it's not going to be just a a team they're not going to the Celtics are not going to be a team that you can just out tough um let's take a break there Another word from our sponsors. Was there anything else that that impressed you about the Celtics this homestand? Not just tonight, um, but this this five and zero run. Honestly, I think we hit most of it here. Porzingis was back tonight, um, and he looked good. I know he, he talked to you guys after the game, like a double double for him in um, twenty nine minutes. The fact that again he's playing up to that pretty much his usual minute per game total after dealing with the calf injury again um is encouraging and he said after the game it sounds like you know that he that's not a long-term concern for him it's him being cautious so he basically said he could have played the other night and they just decided not to risk it and that's good right so you look at that like that's a plus here and then again i think drew holiday we hit on him a little bit earlier but i don't know whether it's his comfort level now or just offensively I think he's finding his spots a little bit more and again a night like this where there are some little guys for him to go after on the magic I think he you know played it well and there wasn't there really hasn't been many like oh why is he taking that shots anymore like that we saw earlier in the season it's more of him attacking Wolf in the process hitting his threes and for him to have a slow start to the year offensively and now coming along too like we know he can put up 20 points a game when he wants to and now he's doing it efficiently within the offense which is Again, helping this team and climb back to six overall in offensive efficiency after this game, after they came close to dipping out of the uh, top 10 a week or two ago. Yeah, and the offense, it's important that they bounce back there 
because that offense was slipping for a while. Yeah. And I, I thought the habits were slipping. The looks they were getting weren't the same. Um, and they've just looked a lot better. And not just that shots went down. Obviously, they shot, I think it was 17 for 36 from from three today. They Jalen hit a couple of transition threes. Tatum didn't have a huge game, but also hit a couple of tough threes. It's more to me like the pace that they're playing with, the decisions that they're making, the just there's a purpose, a better purpose to them lately. And you can tell that they reemphasized it after slipping there a little bit and, and bounced back. And, and they did it against Cleveland, who's got a really good defense, even though they were missing Mobley, one of their better defenders, and Orlando, which is as big and physical and feisty a team almost as you'll get in the entire league. Like that is a really, really tough defense. Um, and for the Celtics to just kind of combat that and control the game and and be patient and poised and never really get out of that, even when they had like some small stretches, it just feels like their offense was in a much, much better place the last week or so, maybe two weeks than it was before that. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, we'll get to this more in tomorrow's show, the previewing the the West Coast trip. Um, but that is the biggest thing. The, the one thing that the Celtics haven't had this year is their offense has been subpar on the road. And so they've been great at home pretty much all year long. The, the record shows that. The numbers show that, particularly offensively. They have the best offense at home at any team in the league. Um, so now this is not the final step for them, but this is like the next step for them. Like, okay, can this, what we've seen on this homestand, will this be able to travel against you know, the likes of Golden State, the Clippers who are playing probably as well as any team in the West right now. So we'll we'll get into that maybe more. But um certainly for them to shore things up on that end of the floor during this home stretch against really good teams is big for this group. And as good as the offense is, I honestly think like maybe even the defense has been more impressive during this home stand because they I mean magic shot thirty eight percent today, thirty percent from three. Um and outside of Benchero, like no one you only have what one other guy in double figures. Suggs was the only other guy who scored over ten points today. Like that's Orlando's not a great offensive team, but that still just shows you, you know, how well this team is playing team defense right now. Yeah, and they they kind of took a Boncaro haymaker to the face. He had I think it was nineteen points in the first quarter. He was really amazing. He had everything. He had some incredible plays when he <laughs> when he really rounds out his game. And if he adds a jumper, especially if he adds a jumper. He's so big and so coordinated for his size that, I mean, I know he didn't have a great game Friday or an efficient game Friday, but even then he had like just some special finishes that you'd never see a guy with, with his physique have. Um, and the Celtics tonight, like he scored, he got his, but nobody else did. And the magic, like, the previous four games against Boston kind of punked the Celtics, like really took them out of what they wanted to do. Got a bunch of offensive rebounds. Uh, were able to be physical, drive into the rim. And I thought they took a, a lot of that away. And even Boncaro, a lot of his stuff was jumpers and he doesn't love to shoot jumpers, um, but they forced him into that. He hit a couple of tough ones, especially on Drew holiday. After one of them, Drew holiday kind of looked like, Heck, I he just made that one. My hand was in his eyeball. Uh, but I, I just felt like they stuck with it and kept 
protecting the paint, kept being feisty, and and it like the these two games against Orlando had a hundred eighty degree different feel than the previous four games against Orlando, and I think it was one the Celtics taking that matchup very seriously because Orlando kind of woke them up. Shook, I don't know if shook them is the right word, but but definitely got their attention. And another part of it is that like right now the Celtics are just they're really kind of dialed in and and taking that mentality that every play matters, every game matters. The home road stuff is interesting. I think part of that is probably circumstantial. They played Minnesota on the road, who has the best defense in the league. They had like a just a bad stretch on the road where they played in Toronto and then Memphis. And I think it was just kind of like they were just in a funk as a team. Um, I don't know if it had to just do with the road. Maybe it was, though. Um, and it's definitely something that they have to prove that they can go out and score on the road and play better on the road. I guess they only have, what are they, six and five on the road? So not great, but not yeah. either. Um, yeah, that's fine. If like if you're undefeated at home, that's a fine road record. Like you're you're going you're gonna to be cruising to um, the one team in the East if you can, you know, you're going to win – 30 35 games at TD Garden but and this um, should be a really tough road trip. It's yeah, yeah. Golden State in the first game on Tuesday and Golden State they haven't played great but they're just desperate right now for for wins and they're they just changed their starting lineup. Draymond's out so they're not like the championship team that Boston played a couple years ago but obviously Steph is playing at a super high level then you go to Sacramento on the second night of a back-to-back. And like you said the other day, that'll be the fifth game in seven nights, I believe, for the Celtics. And the Kings are just a brutal team to play in that type of situation because they play so fast. They're going to get up and down the court, even in the half court. They play with a super pace. De'Aaron Fox is so tough to stay in front of. Um, And then they they have a couple days off and – then they go to L.A. and play the Clippers, who are streaking, playing as well as anybody right now, and the Lakers, who are just coming off the in-season tournament win. So this is a a really tough road trip. It doesn't get any easier for the Celtics right now, and we'll see if if the the mentality, the mindset they showed at home will, will carry over into, again, it's just one test after another of can you be tough enough to – to overcome the challenges of, you know, the Warriors de- being desperate. Can you be tough enough to overcome Kings on, in the fifth game in seven nights? Um, so it'll just be more tests, I think, for what Missoula, the mindset Missoula is trying to build. It's funny. Like the Celtics have already played, I think, the toughest or second toughest schedule in the league right now. And then they have this road trip coming up. And you're like, what are the easy games coming for this team? <laughs> well, then, <laughs> but I guess they're coming in January, look, right? Detroit, December 28th, San Antonio, December 31st, Utah, January 5th. Um, so it, it lightens up a little bit yeah. coming up. But yeah, you're like, how, how do they have one of the toughest schedules already? And then they play all these teams. Well, the 76ers, it seems like all they're playing is like Detroit and San Antonio and Washington. Just rotating, just rotating back to back against them. It is. It's, I mean, and it's fine. I mean, whatever. Like, Celtics are winning these games, so it's like, all right, they'll be able to, you know, take their foot off the gas a little bit if they need to, or get guys some rest if they need to against those opponents. But um, it does not get any easier just quite yet. 
All right, Jay, should we go to the – we have any junk here? Should we go to the jump and tribute to uh, Mr. Packard? Yeah, let's let's do this little junk action. This is what we do. Every game, every post-game podcast, we go into some of the sillier parts of the game. Um, One of the – I noted was Tatum's snarl after blocking the hell out of Paolo Boncaro late. It was – just seemed to me like another sign of the Celtics attitude in this game. It was like a 15 or 20 point game by then the bucket wouldn't have mattered. Tatum absolutely could have just let Paolo go in and score. And instead he went up, smacked it off the backboard and then just snarled. It was, it was sort of like, yeah, we're not going to let you get a bucket even after we're done kicking your ass. And to piggyback off of that, what about the, the Jalen beef in the lane with, with Goga? That was the little, fun. The little the wrap up and Jalen was Jalen was not having any of that. And that, that was um, fun. Yeah, it was a whole sequence because um Goga, it looked like Goga kind of shoved Jalen a little bit on the previous play. And right before they had the beef, I was Jalen like pointed at him while he was dribbling up Ooh. the court, like pointed at him. And I was like, Oh, they're getting feisty. This is this is getting good. And then they kind of had a little collision and Jalen let him know, wasn't thrilled with it. So as, as Gary Washburn pointed out on Twitter, they had a, a little like run in when Goga played for the Pacers a couple of years ago. And I didn't remember it at all until Gary all brought it up. So for whatever reason, Goga Batazda is the guy to, to bring emotion out of Jalen Brown. Was that the five minutes he played for the Pacers against the Celtics that the go there? Yeah, um, he never really played a lot with them, but he's been pretty been good, good for, yeah, here for the um, And yeah, like looking at the replay, it's funny because like go he he straight up like just wrapped him up, Jalen, that play. Like didn't even go for the ball. Was just like you're gonna score on me, and I'm gonna wrap you up right now. And I like, I mean, I like Jalen's response. To be honest, like this is the attitude that this team should have in spots like that. It's like, hey, yeah, like no, that's that's some bullshit. Don't do that, and I'm not gonna take that from you. Um, and like you said, like with that, with the Tatum stuff, the snarling, like, you know, the Lamar Stevens at the end of the game, Friday night, going for blocks with a couple seconds left on the clock. Like this team is buying into the Joe Mazzula mindset right now. And it's, it's showing in all forms. Yeah. I didn't even bring this up when we noted Pritchard, but there was one play where he grabbed the offensive rebound in traffic and then brought it out to the perimeter did like a step back on Mo Wagner, but decided not to shoot it. And then did another step back and shot it and made it. And then that kind of got the Celtics energy going. It felt like, and then the next play, I think they forced a turnover. Drew holiday pulled up for three and the garden got going a little bit. That was when things started to shift. I thought that was a huge play again. When Packard isn't here, it's just like the, <laughs> the, the junk drawer just becomes basketball observations this is i don't do junk as well as packard does no it's we we can't you know get close to the master on that front but um this is also it's part of our job description so we we can't have it both ways um i have uh here's some other junk i mean they're not junk just a complaint that video review in the fourth quarter did that take 10 minutes like what the hell did they look at for that that did take a while like they they have i you have help in new jersey in the nba like they can they have a thousand angles of this how does any review take longer than it just a commercial break at this point like that's i think the nba's biggest crime at this point and so they they were basically trying to determine possession after 
um, it was initially called a foul, but right. wasn't a foul. And so they were trying to determine whether it was Celtics or Magic Ball, and it just took forever. And it was funny because Joe Mazzulla actually had, for whatever reason, the pregame press conference was focused almost entirely on challenges. And he basically said, yeah, what you're really trying to avoid is the challenge where even if you get it right, the other team keeps possession of the ball and then gets a chance to score anyway. <laughs> it was funny because then Jamal Mosley used the challenge in the exact type of scenario where the challenge was successful, but the Celtics ended up getting the ball back. And I don't think they capitalized on it. I think Jason Tatum missed a jumper at the at the shot clock buzzer. But it was funny how it just kind of worked out that way after Missoula. No, actually, I think he made a three there, Jay, actually. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. And they did yeah. capitalize. They got it. They, they, and it was the exact everything. same scenario. Joe was like, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Um, That's amazing. And it, he, Joe's on a challenge run. He's, he he's on a, a successful run of challenges. Today, he had one where I, I was kind of like, I'm not sure why challenge that the Nemius Keta call in the first half. However, it got overturned. And then not only that, but it was on Mo Wagner. So Joe's had a couple of those lately where he got the foul switched from the Celtics to the other side. So Matt Reynolds is doing his job. Joe Joe's on it lately with the challenges. I feel like he's done a really good job of of finding calls, the right calls to to make sure that they're overturned lately. Nice challenge well, streak. I wonder if Reynolds can, you know, negotiate something into his deal. Of like, hey, if I hit 80% success rate on challenges, like what type he, of bonus can I get here? He's got to. Uh there was also it was also a f- kind of funny moment pregame. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that one. <laughs> that for the after show. Yeah. Um, one other observation on Joe, and this is less so last year, I mean, but one thing I appreciate about now, I love how he doesn't pull the starters until the other team throws the white flag now, like or waves the white flag, if you will. The, they were up by 20-plus points in this game, but Orlando stars were still out there until what it was, two, two and a half minutes left. And he's like, you know what? We're going to... I'm going to keep piling on here until you guys, you pull your guys. And I feel like that's something again, happened a lot last year. And now with this year, like the, the, the man, mids management has been fine anyway. So like these guys are, you know, no one was playing too much regardless, um, even if they had played the full game. But to me, that's again, like a mentality mindset for this group right now. It's like, all right, we're going to finish you off and we're going to keep piling it on until you, you show us you're giving up. And not only that, but the guys on the court, it wasn't like they started to relax either. They they were still playing. They yeah. They were rotating. They were blocking shots. They were like there was no give up from the Celtics even while up twenty. And that's what Joe wants to create. That's it. That's all he wants to create is a team that will play the same every single possession. That will play hard. That will compete just because there's something to compete for. And it, and I'm not talking about like a championship or anything, just because there's a game to be played. He wants them to compete at the same level every time. And and you can kind of see this team developing into that and and becoming that. And they've they've been a, a really tough team. They've been a really good defensive team for a long time. But this team, on top of all the talent that it has, it also has a real edge to it. And this week felt like they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, like we will kick your ass and we'll have fun doing it. And if you got it's got your stars in and 
yeah, we're going to keep kicking their ass till they get subbed out. I'm looking through their home schedule right now. I'm going to run through some teams. I want you like, when are they going to lose their first home game? They got Detroit and Toronto at home after this trip. Um, then they go on the road for two at home against Utah. And then the big one, Wednesday, January 10th, I guess, they're hosting the Wolves. So that, outside of that, and Denver at home on the 19th, a lot of easy home games in January for them. I actually don't think they'll lose to an elite team at home. I think they'll they'll win the really high-profile matchups that they get up for. I think it would be a sneaky game like Toronto on the second night of a back-to-back. Sure. That would one. that would be like a real test, another test of like, can you get up for that one? Because the Raptors, they're not the Magic. They're not a team that's had gotten the best of you for a long time. There's no like real history between the Celtics and Raptors. Now, obviously, the playoff series from years ago, but that's a very different Raptors team. I wouldn't. They're mad surprised. about challenges, though. They've got a beef of challenges, though. After they, this they year, they do have they, a challenge. Dennis, Dennis Schroeder, look out. <laughs> They do have a challenge beef. Um, but yeah, then then if if they win that, they could be this team could be pretty pretty undefeated at home for a while. I don't know. But then you say that you could lose yeah, anyone. They'll, they'll lose they'll lose the Pistons. That could be uh the Pistons could be making history on that game on the, the 28th if they wouldn't that be hilarious. They could be going for the NBA record, I think 27 or the 27, 28 straight losses, which would match what the Sixers did during the process era. But um, yeah, we'll have plenty of time There's to get some to that bad one. teams in the NBA. There they are really just are. some really, really terrible basketball teams in the NBA. The Celtics are not one of them. At Still Potable, we'll be podcasting about them every day, Monday through Friday. This is the free edition to get all of our other podcasts to become a member of our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash stillpotable. You can get all the podcasts every single day, plus bonus podcasts when they play sometimes on Friday, on Saturday. And got the we holiday are, deal right now, Jay, right? And we got a holiday deal. If you want to sign up for an annual membership, 15% off for that. We have instructions on our website if you want to give it to a loved one. And yeah, for hopefully you can, you can join the community, be a part of this. It's becoming, to me, something special to have so many people in our chat. We have a chat on Patreon where we discuss games during the middle of them. A lot of people active in there. And we really appreciate it. We appreciate you all. And B-Rob, I appreciate you. We are still potable.